0: This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, with also a special edition of the Becker's Behavioral Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to visit with Stuart Archer, uh, the Chief Executive Officer of Oceans Healthcare, and one of the smartest people in the behavioral health world that we get to visit with. Stuart, we're going to talk today about what trends you're watching in behavioral and mental health, what you're most focused on today, and a lot more. Can you take a moment and introduce yourself and, and tell us about yourself, your career at Oceans Healthcare?
1: sure well you know scott thank you and your team for 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 having me back again today it it you know it's almost 2 years since the last time we spoke and and man has a, it, it, we've had a few things that, that that have hit us haven't we uh and uh and happy to share a little bit about our journey our story and some you know some things that we're seeing in the industry and and in behavioral health uh, just in general, um, you know, just as a you know a refresh or a reminder for your listeners, uh, Oceans is a behavioral health organization, a for-profit behavioral health organization based in Plano, Texas. We're one of the largest behavioral health providers uh, in the southeast, with uh, 36 locations, uh, over 24 hospitals. Uh, we focused on we focus on several different populations, but uh, we are uh, generally um, in underserved markets. And in what we call middle America, uh, focused on the both inpatient and outpatient needs of adults, uh, older adults, and adolescents across those communities.
0: Thank you. And, and, And take a moment on sort of what are you seeing currently with behavioral health? Has your business moved some to virtual, not that much to virtual? Is it just overwhelmed? Or what do you sort of see in terms of staffing and trying to take care of populations and funding? give us a sense of that
1: sure you know again like m- many of your listeners uh you know i've 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 had a chance to have a very diverse background in healthcare uh, started out on the on the on the post acute care side in the long term uh, acute care hospital industry spent some time in the in the earth industry, uh, was blessed to spend over a decade at the LHC Group in the home health hospice area, and certainly all those levels of care. And at least the time that I was there saw a lot of change. Um, but but I would tell you I've, I've never seen a more dynamic time than the time that we're seeing right now in behavioral health, and I'm and I'm very encouraged. You know, both at the um, you know, I think that the, the the winds of change, I would call it, and I think the national dialogue we're having around behavioral health. Now, I would tell you that that is buttressed up against some some terrible events that I think our country has seen and that we continue to suffer from. Um, and and so for me, as as I think about this discussion about virtual, as I think about this discussion around uh, you know funding, expanding access. I think anything that brings more care to people in ways that give them more flexibility and ultimately give them more power back to make those decisions, we're, we're just huge fans of. You know, so many times behavioral health patients and providers are are forced to comply with and forced to do things that patients in other levels of care and with other payers are not forced to do. So so for me, you know, virtual has always been a part of behavioral health. The, the problem has been we just haven't been paid for it. So now I think with the additional flexibility, I think, to do these things, and, and, and I would remind our listeners that some of those are still temporary. We're hoping to see those made permanent by Congress later this year. They were able to provide more flexible care where a patient is in their continuum of care um and you know today you know unfortunately stigma is 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 still very prevalent in behavioral health i think people are still very worried about being seen uh sometimes receiving this care so we've seen you know you know virtual being something that allows patients to receive care on an ongoing basis but for a large portion of patients it's it's also a way to get them started in a way in which they have they can preserve some level of anonymity in their community. Um they can access a great caregiver and so we're look again, we're we're a we're a big fan of anything that puts power back in the hands of patients and families and gives
0: them increased access to care. Thank you. And talk about sort of where you see shortages in the mental health field? Psychiatrist level, psychologist level, social worker level, all of the above, where the shortage is most acute and are there things that can be done about them?
1: Well, I would say yes to that question. First of all, I think we see shortages in in almost every area. And and again, from our perspective, we're working in states and in areas that have had a real shortage of care historically. So we're in areas that 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 haven't, you know, and, and I think we're emblematic of a lot of the country where as you step outside of you know large urban areas, um, you know, we have never had a very large behavioral health workforce, and there's a lot of historic reasons for that. And so, I think at this moment in our in our country's history, we are really um, seeing, unfortunately, I think, the byproduct of of not talking to our students very early on. And I'm talking about our nurses and other areas about having a career in behavioral health. If, if you talk to many nurses today, and and I do you know, on our staff trying to learn about behavioral health, they they found, unfortunately, behavioral health later in their career. You know, they either didn't have a high quality kind of experience during nursing school. One wasn't offered. Um, and so I think we have to start earlier and we have to look at, um, you know, the experiences that, that, that these folks are having during school. Is there a positive role model for them? And are they having quality residencies? And then from our perspective, uh, are we offering you know uh, schools those abilities to come into our level of care and see what it is that we do as an industry, and the wonderful career people can have here, and the difference that they can make in people's lives. But but I certainly think that we need we need investments in uh, behavioral health workforce. Uh, I think because the you know the double-edged sword of virtual is that it has consumed and continues to consume um, large portions of a very limited work pool. Um, and again, I think there's upside to that. It provides the care that we talk. Talked about earlier but it also you know more than ever you know we need more um and and we need more folks and bright minds in this industry
0: thank you and take a moment on this question stuart what are you most focused on right now where are you most focused currently
1: you know for us i think we're, we're probably like a lot of folks in healthcare today We're 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 a bit schizophrenic you know, a big portion of our days are focused on what I would call the basic blocking and tackling of, of running a healthcare company staffing, the cost of staffing, um, supply chain, just all those things that. that Come into play when you run really any business, but but in a business like ours, where it is a people business at the end of the day, you know, labor and the cost of labor and the supply of labor has been something that has really really consumed us and and continues to be a big focus for our organization. At the same time, you know, we're we're, there. There are no less than I think seven to you know maybe twelve different bills. That are moving around at a federal level. Uh, in addition, at the state levels, there are numerous bills moving around in terms of behavioral health. And so, I think we're also, as an organization, trying to lend a voice to and to plan for, I think, an environment that is changing uh, very quickly. I think generally more for the positive, but but also understanding, adapting, and preparing our organization for for I
0: think what will be a you know an evolving world in behavioral health. Thank you. And talk about a behavioral health, mental health provider like an Oceans Healthcare. What's the general direction of the payer mix? Is it Medicaid, Medicare? Is it commercial? Is it customer pay? What does that look like in general buckets?
1: So, for our organization, um, all of our hospitals are like, uh, you know, Joint Commission accredited, Medicare, Medicaid certified hospitals. And so, since the beginning, Oceans has always had an all willing payer mindset. So, we, we work with any willing payer in all of our communities to provide care to the broadest. Uh, access of patients. Uh, That being said, the roots of our organization are a little bit different than a lot of other behavioral health companies. We started and continue today to be one of the largest providers of care to older adults in geriatrics in the country. And so today, uh, you know, Medicare and Medicare Advantage make up a a pretty significant portion of our reimbursement uh, uh, model when you look at it. Um, probably second for us is Medicaid and then commercial insurance.
0: Fascinating. That makes a ton of sense to me. Is there a lot of work with the local community hospitals in the communities you're in, the local nursing homes, they view you as cooperative versus competitive? How's that relationship?
1: Sure. I mean, I, I think that, you know, all healthcare, all, all good healthcare is a team sport. And and we view ourselves as just that, uh, and we really strive with our partners in the acute care side to be seen that way. Um, our EDs, you know, you know, for for a lot of different reasons, have unfortunately become the single port of entry, and and the place that. Um, you know, for for so many communities, um, have have become the place that behavioral health patients end up or they're they're brought. And so, you know, we work very closely with our local health systems on how to you know hopefully rewire that over time, how to expedite and bring a patient to the right level of care at the right time as quickly as we can. Um, and so we you know we work very closely with the health systems in our in our region on those you know on those on those issues and those problems you know I would say that you know you know also for us we work in states that have expanded Medicaid and we work in states that haven't expanded Medicaid and so I think that that also at times can add a, a level of complexity as we look at you know finding the you know the right bed or the right level of care for the patient at the
0: right time fantastic and Stuart where can people learn more about Oceans Healthcare
1: Sure. Well, I, you know, like everyone, we we certainly have a, a website where there's a tremendous amount of information that you can you can learn about our organization and some of the things that we're doing. Um, uh, and, and there you can, you know, find access around services. If it's a if it's a, a patient that needs care or a family that needs care, um, you can also get updates on legislatively some of the things that we're doing. And then, then lastly, some of the most exciting work that we've been doing recently. And this is also on our website is our joint ventures with leading health systems uh, across our, our across our company. We we today are, are partnered with auctioner Healthcare uh, in a, in a couple different locations and. And, and 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 LSU as well. Very excited about that partnership uh as well as other health systems. So I think you can find um certainly more about those success stories and the other services we offer on our website.
0: And and, and the last question, is there anything I didn't ask you about that you wanted to take a moment and talk about today? Anything at all that you wanted to mention as well?
1: No, you know, I, I think I, I think probably um you know the biggest, you know, other thing that we're focusing on is our joint ventures. Uh, we've got several successful partnerships within our organizations, but our partnership with Ochsner LSU Health uh, is one that we're particularly proud of. And 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 again, I think we've we've heard and we've experienced many of us the the the, the COVID stories of resilience through an acute care lens. I would just share that you know in, in that partnership we opened up one of the, one of the only active COVID units for psych. Patients in the state of Louisiana with our Ochsner LSU partnership, uh, and and provided care um, to hundreds of patients that 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 really. You know, wouldn't have gotten or would have been, I think, in in more of a medical unit without, unfortunately, access to as much behavioral health. And so we're very we're very proud of that partnership and, and the other partnerships we're working very closely with the Christus Health System in in Texas here as well. And so I I just view this as a growing part, not only of our business, but I think also of the of the dialogue nationally as we think about behavioral health.
0: Stuart, again, thank you so much for joining us. for Remarkable work that you folks do for joining the Becker's Healthcare, Becker's Behavioral Health Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.